0: Warning, this week's episode contains verbs. Sorry, I just warn you about the profanity every week, and I feel like all the other word types get left out.
1: This week's episode of The Scathing Atheist is brought to you by Factor, Stamps.com, and by the fact that we were able to bring peace to the Pancake Kingdom and secure Heath's release after all. And now, The Scathing Atheist. This is Fred. My dad was a scientist,
0: and he taught me at a young age that we did, in fact, evolve from a common ancestor that we share with every filthy monkey species on the planet.
1: actually feels like it for the first time in three weeks. Thank you. Thank you for that. Ooh, ooh. And it's October 19th also.
2: And it's Conflict Resolution Day. No, it's not. Yeah, pretty sure Heath's not the only one who missed that particular memo. <laughs> I have no <laughs> illusions. <laughs> uh, Michael Marshall.
3: Fuck you, it's Conflict Resolution <laughs> Day. I'm Ethan Wright. And from Sporty Spices Liverpool, <laughs> Ann Arbor, yes. Michigan, and Waycross, Georgia, this is The Scathing Atheist.
2: On this week's episode some British bigots will tell us who's actually to blame for the conflict in the Middle East.
3: We learn some more science from the dolphin fucking shaman of the NFL.
1: (laughs) And we'll quantify American ignorance some more. But first,
3: the diatribe.
1: So I'm looking through this survey from the Public Religion Research Institute the other day, and we're going to talk about the results and shit in the lead story this week that's not what this is about but something occurred to me while i was writing that that started as an aside in the story and then it turned into a facebook post and it just it grew into a diatribe the more i thought about it see if you look at a lot of religious demographic data and who doesn't you'll notice that demographers generally speaking break religions down by race Like at the most basic level, you might just see Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Hindu, et cetera. But if you start breaking it down by denomination, invariably, you'll start getting categories like black Protestant, Hispanic Catholic, and white evangelical. Hell, you could make a solid argument that the very term evangelical is just a stand-in for white Protestant from the days before demographers started to realize that white guy isn't the default human. And it's easy to look at this and think, yeah, man, those demographers sure are racist, but that's not the point. And that's not the case. They're just doing the job the best they can. Their job is to craft meaningful categories that give us insight into groups of people, and to do that, you know, with regards to religion, you kind of have to parse out the racial differences because Hispanic Catholic is, for all intents and purposes, a different religion than white Catholic. And, and nobody who's been to both predominantly white and predominantly black. Baptist churches, for example, would even guess that those were the same denomination. I'm not faulting statisticians here. I'm faulting religion. You know, the institution that justifies its existence by saying it unifies people and yet remains the most segregated institution in the fucking country. Think about what that means when the country you're talking about is America, I grew up in the 90s in rural South Georgia. In the town where I went to high school, there was a de facto white and black grocery store. And church congregations are racist compared to that. I mean, you know, when industry groups did statistics about grocery store purchases back then, they didn't feel the need to all but universally denote the predominant race of each store's customers. But with religion, you can't really get useful numbers until you make that distinction. And that bears emphasis, especially when you consider the way they use the church's unifying mission to justify their historical colonialism and their modern day missionary work, right? They're they're not going out there because our culture is better and we need to browbeat those different people into being superior like us. It's because they're sharing the gospel of Christ's redemption and we want to welcome them into the loving arms of Jesus. I, I guess they must mention that it's a separate but equal Jesus somewhere in the fine print. I haven't read that far, but of course, this is inevitable. And that's not just an unfortunate byproduct of the way it's being employed by modern Christians. That's what religion itself was built to do. It was built to otherwise. And that's why it almost can't help but break down along the dominant lines of culture, which, at least in our present case, are generally racial. And sure, you could point to a scattering of ethnically diverse congregations here and there, especially when you start factoring in mega churches that kind of have to cast the widest possible net. But by and large, churches remain segregated because, let's face it, they can't afford to change anything about themselves. You could not be more precariously poised on the knife's edge of reason. Every aspect of reality challenges their increasingly desperate worldview such that shifting even a little bit threatens to send the whole edifice tumbling over the side. I mean, the logical mesh of trusses and buttresses holding up religion are so complex and intricate at this point, it's hard to remember what's holding up what. And if the scaffolding of your worldview trembles every time you bump a guy line, how do you even think about trying to move the whole goddamn thing? They're talking about your Jesus. I interrupt this broadcast bring you a special news bulletin. Joining me for headlines tonight are the Aikman and Smith to my Irving Heath Enright and Michael Marshall. <laughs> Fellas, are you ready to relive the glory days?
3: Okay, it's a really roundabout way of asking for a Coke party, Noah.
2: That's, <laughs> that's a lot. And
3: yes, by the oh, way.
2: Oh, yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> I mean, I just really appreciate the entire essay of context. You had to write for me so I could get that joke. Mm -hmm. We're really building cross-cultural bridges here. Hands across the ocean on that There you go. All right. This is
3: gridiron football, Marsh. (laughs) These guys are, this guy is a cocaine addict, famously. There you go.
2: All
1: right. Well, quick before Marsh goes into any more detail about our special relationship, we're going to pause for a word from our first sponsor this week, Factor. A bag of unpeeled shrimp, one large bamboo stalk, And peanut butter. Hey, Noah. What you doing there? I was just making a smoothie. A
3: shrimp smoothie?
1: With uh, bamboo and peanut butter, yeah. My doctor said I need to get more protein and more fiber. So, you know, these are pretty much all the foodstuffs I'm going to need for human sustenance. I just make a a few batches. I'll be set for eating for months.
3: Yeah, but what about flavor, though? What's flavor? No, not, not the format. I'll just get right to the pitch. Why don't you try Factor? What's Factor? It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They have chef-prepared, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You can choose from 35-plus different meal options every week.
1: Don't meal kits take a while to prepare, though? Not with Factor. It's quick and easy, just like
3: the smoothie of basic sustenance, but also pleasing to consume as an activity. Skip the extra trip to the grocery store, and the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up, too— while still getting the flavor and nutritional quality you need. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you got to do is heat and enjoy, then get back to crushing
1: your goals. Like destroying my enemies. Sure, yeah. Sounds good. Uh, But but what about seasonal motifs? That matters to me in a meal. Clearly, yeah. Seasonal
3: motifs matter, of course. With Factor, you can relish the best of autumn with fall flavors. They're limited-time-only, hearty, comforting meals featuring seasonal veggies like cranberry pecan chicken, and apple Dijon pork chops. They'll satisfy your fall cravings during the busy season without the hassle.
1: Okay, but what about snacks?
3: You're going to snack on the shrimp smoothies? Yes, obviously. Okay, well, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45-plus add-ons to suit your tastes. Choose from breakfast items like delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and potato bacon and egg breakfast skillets. Or, for an easy wellness boost... Try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and even smoothies. I know you like smoothies. I am a smoothie guy. Okay, I'm sold. How do I sign up? Head over to factormeals.com slash scathing50 and use the code scathing50 to get 50% off.
1: So that's code scathing50 at factormeals.com slash scathing50 to get 50% off?
3: Correct. So, um, you gonna finish the shrimp smoothie? No. Great, great. I'm kind of snacky. Just trying out. Mm. Mm. So,
1: so how is it? Sharp. Yeah. I'll toss that with the rest. Don't. Oh. <laughs> is that scampy? And now back to the headlines. In our lead story tonight, if, like our friend Marsh, your job has ever required you to wrangle a large number of atheists and skeptics long enough to, say, get them in the same room at an appointed time, you'll know what a dire statement atheists are our only hope really is.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Marsh started a fire at QED a year ago just to get everyone lined up (laughs) outside the hotel for one minute.
2: Yeah, and if that hadn't worked, this year I was going to get a cattle prod. So you're lucky to have escaped that. (laughs)
1: right. (laughs) But unfortunately, it's looking more and more that way, as we were reminded by recent numbers from the Public Religion Research Institute that showed that in America, at least, the religiously unaffiliated are way more likely than their religious counterparts to recognize the existential threat that climate change poses. In fact, Get the fuck out of here. yeah, if you can believe that, if we compare them to evangelicals, the non-religious are more than five times as likely to recognize that fact.
3: OK, yeah. Or in other words, Name a fact. And we won again. Yep. We won again there about any fact.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So this is a follow up to a 2014 survey that looked at Americans concerned with knowledge about and acceptance of climate change and broke that information down across religious demographics. Talked about this a little bit in the diatribe. So not only can we see how bad it is, but we can also see how much worse it's getting. Because, sure, we score the best, but we still fail miserably. According to PRRI's numbers, only 43% of religiously unaffiliated Americans agree that climate change is a crisis. Yikes. Yeah, that's up from 33% in 2014. But you have Yikes. to damn near add those two numbers together to get a passing <laughs> grade.
3: Okay, but if you take all the years in that span, it's like 342%. <laughs> I think
2: we're going to be fine <laughs> <laughs> Now, But the thing is, it's only gone up 10% in a decade. Yes. But that means that if we if we do carry on at that rate, by 2080, climate change will be widely accepted among the people who haven't already drowned in the rising tides or right. died in the Thunderdome. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I feel like they're going to be lower than us, right? Like the ones that don't <laughs> live, maybe. 100%. Now, to be fair... Religiously unaffiliated is a broad group and PRRI stated, at least in this instance, doesn't parse out atheists specifically. The best data I can find on that is a 2022 Pew survey that said 88 percent of atheists in America said climate change was either an extremely or very serious problem. And look, as much as I agree with science should be a gimme, a B plus on this one puts us light years ahead of the field.
3: Yeah, but we're still going to need someone to like walk onto the house floor and throw a Kamehameha fireball to make the point on this. Yeah. <gasps> and then Goku's going to need like 15 floor votes to become speaker. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> no, i not my breath. Yeah, The weirdest thing about that 2022 Pew study was that 95% of atheists accepted that climate change was happening. Yes. But only 88% thought it was a serious problem. So like, were those also the 7% people who live on a hill but really want that sea view? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
1: Now, of course, if you want to feel better about our numbers, all you have to do is compare them to virtually anybody else's. After religiously unaffiliated, Jews and Hispanic Catholics scored the best at 33 and 32 percent respectively. Again, that is to the extraordinarily low bar of simply responding to is climate change a crisis with the word yes, despite the Pope's pretty clear messaging on this shit, only Twenty percent of white Catholics in America got it right, though that is a slight improvement uh, from twenty fourteen sixteen percent. The worst offenders, though, were predictably white evangelical, white evangelical Protestants. Protestants. Yeah, yeah. 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 Only eight percent of them believe this, uh, you know, observable fact. And and the, that number, by the way, is down. <sighs> From 2014, they were like the only group that actually got worse over that period from an already meager 13%.
2: Cool.
3: Jesus. And in light of that new information, I'm sure Charles Murray's going to write the anti-white and the <laughs> sequel to the bell of any day well, He's intellectually honest, right?
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> is it just that, that those 5% who went missing over the last decade, those evangelical pro, uh, Protestants, is it just that they spent most of that last decade attending book burning? So it's been hard for them to feel that the earth is getting oh, warmed okay, because so yeah. close to the fire. <laughs> right, all no, time. that makes
1: sense. That makes sense. <laughs> now, interestingly, the survey also dug into the relationship between climate change concern and end times belief and found a pretty strong correlation between believing the earth won't be here 100 years from now and not giving a fuck if it is. But there is some good news hiding in the survey because the overall number of people who believe we're in the end times went way down in almost every demographic. And the number of people saying that religion wasn't important to them went way up. So just, you know, just keep in mind, every time you see data that shows how much worse religious people's opinions are getting, remember, at least some of that is because the best people religion had to offer are leaving.
3: And in Civics versus crucifix,
1: Oh, nice. (laughs)
3: Nice. (laughs) For the privileged, equality is persecution. As soon as the rights of others are recognized, those who've never seen hardship will cry oppression. And that's why an education leader in Oklahoma is up in arms over that pesky separation of church and state that keeps getting in the way of his agenda. That would be Ryan Walters, Oklahoma's superintendent of public instruction, and he's leveraging that seat to inject Christianity into public schools. Everything from prayer to you to the good old Ten Commandments. I guess sex ed, it's going to be limited to learning what adultery means. That'll sure. be the curriculum for that.
2: Yeah, if you think religion needs to tell you what something is in order to tell you not to do it, you did not go to my Catholic school. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. Socrates asked for
1: a definition of blasphemy 24 centuries ago, and we're still waiting on an answer. Yeah, (laughs) sure.
3: Yeah, so a recent kerfuffle involving religious signage and the Freedom From Religion Foundation resulted in a constitutional win, and that is not in Walter's best interest. The group discovered that a classroom in Tulsa had displayed the arena cam staple passage, John 316. Sadly, no, rainbow wig guy. While a second classroom had another biblical passage, he is still good. And unless you're talking about late era Dylan, that is a no-no, obviously. Judas. Okay. (laughs) So the Freedom from Religion Foundation took the matter to Tulsa Superintendent Missy
1: Bush. I wonder how the kids handle that name. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's going to be Ms. B, I'm guessing, in (laughs) school. And Ms. B actually had the religious materials removed from the classroom. Because, obviously, that's what you should do. So there you have it. Case closed. Nope. Hold on. Ryan Walters wrote a memo. After the materials were taken down, Walters sent out a memo to Oklahoma teachers ranting about activist groups pushing, quote, state-sponsored atheism down the throats of
1: educators. And and by state-sponsored atheism, by the way, he means the Bill of Rights. Sure does. Yep. Yeah.
3: And to provide some actual evidence of this state-sponsored atheism, we'd invite Ryan to find a single piece of American currency that doesn't have the word God on it right now. We'll go ahead and wait for you on that. Anyway, citing irrelevant and contradictory court rulings as precedent, Walters told school officials to send any complaints they received to him first so he can review them with his phantom constitutional law degree. According to Walters, quote, I do not want to see Oklahoma school districts become complicit in promoting atheism, end quote. Apparently, the absence of religious materials is active atheist PR, and he won't have it. Sure. This is like accusing a church of being Marvel fanboys, because of their conspicuous lack of Batman bobbleheads on the altar <laughs> at their church. <laughs> and that is persecution.
2: Right, right. But, you know, in the same vein, I haven't seen a single article about how Ryan Walters doesn't have an unhealthy sexual interest in raccoons. So that's all the evidence <gasps> right. that I need. You know, you know, I knew that they won the title of Oklahoma State Furbearer for a reason.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Mr. Walters, I know you're listening. Sadly for you, the court's, have our backs on this one, and your religious influence can't change that. Just like Roe v. W- nope, nope. Sorry, <laughs> next, next headline. <laughs> please. Yep. Next headline. Moving we had a fun on. one for a second there.
2: Moving on. And in too cruel for school news, the attack by Hamas in Israel left the world horrified and saddened. But it's also left a lot of people trying to work out who exactly they should blame. And with a situation as complex as that of Gaza, it's not an easy question. You know, should we blame the Islamic terrorist organization who slaughtered 1,400 civilians and children? Or should we lay the blame at the hands of the Israeli government who illegally occupied the West Bank and who responded to this atrocity with a campaign of indiscriminate bombs and overt threats of ethnic cleansing? Yes. Who can say it's both? It is really obvious. There's It's definitely both. Yeah, it's definitely the people killing thousands of civilians and children. Everyone who ever does that, they are the bad guys without exception.
3: Okay, unless... The war criminals are able to create a perfect red heifer using the oh, blood of dead a... children, yeah, well, no. <laughs> thereby ushering in the second Right. Comment. Just think about the ends and the means, Marsh.
2: <laughs> okay, no, that is, serious. That's true. that is true, yeah. But however, before you give in to the easy answer of saying that anyone who commits a war crime is wrong, you should perhaps consider who might be really responsible for this whole mess. And that is children attending Jewish schools in London. Huh. That is the conclusion at least one person has come to, with the BBC reporting that two Jewish schools in London have been the victim of a hate crime in the wake of the attack, with several of having to clause in fear of being targeted. Yeah, I just I don't I don't get this. It's hard to imagine
1: what you're even going for when you do shit like this, right? Like like somebody's going to go, "Hey, you know, I read a really interesting pro-Palestinian argument spray-painted under
2: a swastika on a Jewish middle school the other day." <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. And the thing is like I am no fan of faith schools. You know, by their very nature, they're divisive, they're exclusionary, and they're designed to separate and segregate communities, and that's before you even look at how education is sacrificed in deference to one ancient book or another. You know, in an ideal world, there'd be no Jewish schools to target and there'd also be no Catholic schools or Muslim schools or any faith schools at all. Sure, sure. But that's not the point here because I don't imagine the people throwing red paint at the school buildings. I don't think they're militant secularists trying to highlight the intrinsic issues with faith <laughs> schools. <laughs> Probably
3: not. Eli's off this week, but still, I think <laughs> you're right. Yeah.
2: This was an act of bigotry, You know, motivated not by the belief that religion is wrong, but by the belief that those kids were the wrong religion.
3: Yes. Yeah. Also, if those kids were part of like Mossad, they'd obviously be in disguise and at a different school. I
2: think, yeah, <laughs>
1: let's it through. All I'm said is I cannot wait for Heath's gritty agent MS reboot. He's been talking it up for a while.
2: <laughs> yes. And all of this comes amidst a massive rise in anti-Semitic incidents in London, including people loudly playing German military music outside synagogues to intimidate Jewish attendees. And It's driven by this ludicrous notion that Jewish people in the UK are responsible for the actions of the Israeli government, even if those Jewish people are children who weren't even born when Netanyahu came to power and whose influence on his domestic policies are likely negligible at best.
1: Well, I I don't know, Marsh. Have we even tried placating Netanyahu with an abundance of construction paper, please
2: stop genociding cards? Because (laughs) until you try, you don't know. You gotta try it out. That's true, it's true. In the same vein, the atrocity by Hamas is not the responsibility of the average Muslim. And yet we've seen a rise in Islamophobic attacks in the last week, including the religiously motivated stabbing of a six-year-old Muslim boy and his mother in Illinois.
3: Yeah, so I'm trying to pinpoint the unifying thread here of all the religiously motivated hate crimes. What's the thread? The the Mm -hmm, motivation point? Is, Is it? Come back to me. I don't know. The... No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so separating and othering people According to what bit of what old book They're taught to think is true Is a massive part of the reason why the Middle East Is in this intractable and devastating mess And that kind of tribalistic My team versus your team attrition Sure as hell won't provide us the path back out of this
1: And on that note We're going to take a quick break And spice things up With a word from our other sponsor this week Stamps.com Hey Heath, what's, uh, what's with the net?
3: Oh, I'm drone hunting
1: I feel like the ad format demands that I now ask why.
3: Yeah, because the post offices are about to get crazy, Noah. Holiday shipping is just around the corner, and it's going to be a nightmare to get our Patreon rewards out. So I figured I'd capture a few drones now, give myself a month or
1: so to tame them, and you know, get them used to my scent. But, but, but he, if you're looking to avoid shipping stress over the holidays, why not just try stamps.com? Oh, what's
3: stamps.com?
1: Stamps.com is the easy shipping solution that's been helping businesses like ours save money for 25 years. All you need is Stamps.com's premium rates for all your postage needs. I don't know, Noah. That sounds complicated. Compared to taming feral drones? Yes. Well, with Stamps.com, all you need is a computer and a printer. They even send you a free scale so you'll have everything you need. You can schedule package pickup through Stamps.com's easy-to-use dashboard, and if you sell products online, Stamps.com seamlessly connects with every major marketplace and shopping cart.
3: Okay, but I could send my drone army out to pick up shipping
1: supplies and labels. Can Stamps.com do that? With a discount, you can order shipping and mailing supplies, labels, and even printers from the supply store. You get huge carrier discounts up to 84% off USPS and UPS rates. Plus, Stamps.com automatically tells you your cheapest shipping option.
3: All right, I'm sold. Where do I sign up?
1: Get your business ready for the holiday rush and get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code Scathing for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. You just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code Scathing.
3: All right, Noah. Looks like I won't need this net after all.
1: Well, there are other uses for an army of drones.
3: Oh, yeah. Good call. I'll keep at it.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll at least see how it goes.
3: Destroy our enemies. Mm-hmm. Next up at Headlines, in Baby with a Beard News. In our most quiet moments, when our work is done and we're left with our thoughts, one can't help but ponder life's most profound mysteries. What's the sound of one hand clapping? If a tree falls in the forest when no one's around, does it make a sound? And why aren't there any gay babies? These questions and many more. (laughs) Okay, just, just the one of them. That last one was raised by the incel Allspark himself matt walsh (laughs) not the good one from veep just to be clear the bad one from the alt-right cesspit walsh tried another one of his absurd gambits on his daily wire audience when he tried to disprove the science of being born gay with the gotcha well there are no gay babies therefore ergo vis-a-vis per se you can't be born gay (laughs) Uh,
2: but this is such a stupid argument like there are no babies who speak French. Yes. Does that mean that nobody is born in French? <laughs> so maybe. Where does Matt Walsh think French people come from? Does he think they're all corrupted into Frenchness by all the pro-French propaganda in culture? You know, is it all a big plot from Big France? <laughs> so, well, all right, but if you don't use the language English in the country of America,
1: I don't think Matt Walsh is going to get it, Marsh. Right. Like, like (laughs) legitimately, if he's listening to this
2: episode, he's wondering if maybe it is Big France, Right. Right, Yeah. And he probably thinks Big France is just another name for Canada. Right.
3: (laughs) Why are there still monkeys? Exactly. So it's all part of a much worse tapestry that Walsh wove in a recent argument in favor of conversion therapy, a practice typically forced upon gay and trans youth against their wills. And while conversion therapy is outright banned in 22 states, with 84% of former patients feeling emotionally harmed from the experience, Walsh nevertheless leaned into the destructive and disprovable process of manually changing your sexual preference in another instance of
1: methinks the dipshit doth protest too much. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, look at it this way if conversion therapy could possibly work, Eli would have kidnapped you and turned you gay by now. QED. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty solid
3: Alright so see if you can follow his logic here According to Walsh Quote There is no gay gene No matter how hard they look for one And the idea that people are born gay Has always been incoherent Because you know If people are born gay Like born gay ge- Got it yeah Said the same thing again You're gay from birth right That's what that would mean Yes And that means There are what Homosexual infants out there Again no sane person thinks that. Um, well, correct, Matt? <laughs> so, continuing, there's no reason why a person can't seek and receive successful counseling to overcome same-sex attraction. and Horrible quote.
2: Right, but Matt, there also isn't a straight gene. Right. You know, there's no heterosexual gene. Exactly. There are no heterosexual babies either. Right. Like, I mean, think about it. Toddlers are capable of expressing their emotions. They're comfortable crying in public. They're confident in showing physical affection for their friends without worrying about seeming (laughs) unmasculine. These are clearly not heterosexual (laughs) babies. So,
3: knowing Matt's past fixation on the sexual preferences and proclivities of children, there's no surprise he's extended his theories into infancy now. Mm -hmm. And his cheerleading for conversion therapy as an adult doesn't at all reflect its usual application, which is abusive parents trying to control their children. And of course, as you've probably guessed, he proudly homeschools his children. Also, maybe babies aren't ready for a relationship yet, and they just want to play the field, Matt. Just think it through. (laughs) But if they're rocking in their car seat a little harder when ABBA comes on, you might already know. Just keep that in mind.
2: And in, well, we did say life-changing news there are a few things that the false idea of an afterlife might be good for. You know, it's a nice way of avoiding the reality of losing a loved one, for example. And it's fairly handy for dangling over impressionable people as a way of keeping them in line. But one thing it isn't able to do is to deflect from a potential manslaughter charge. As the preacher Cheryl Reed-Bartley found out this week after trying to argue, it was totally not a big deal that one of her followers drowned during a baptism because she would had visions of him being happy in heaven. So it's fine.
1: Oh, Jesus okay. Christ. Consider how negligent you have to be to drown someone during a baptism. You're supposed to be underwater for significantly less than a second at the extreme, right? You could just dip water on your face. That that would be like learning that somebody burned to death in an easy bake oven. (laughs) (laughs) Right. While
3: a pastor is shoveling coal and smiling at the family. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. This is going to make sense in a minute. I had a vision. You're going to laugh at this. You're welcome (laughs) in advance, by the way.
2: So Reed Bartley is the founder of. Life Changing Ministries, a Birmingham-based evangelical church which broadcasts its baptisms on Facebook Live. And in a recent live stream, viewers watched while one of the congregants, Robert Yap, climbed into a large paddling pool of cold water before being dunked as part of the church's sacrament. And then those viewers got to watch the live stream cut out because Yap drowned during the ceremony. And although paramedics were called, they were unable to save him. And so life-changing ministries had indeed changed his life from alive to not. <laughs>
1: yep. Well, right. Yep. They
2: never said that what they were going to change it into, right? But I guess not life is kind of implied. right? <laughs> yeah. The yeah.
3: Read the fine print.
2: The exact details of what happened, they're still unclear. There's a police investigation taking place. But what we do know is that Yap was in his 60s and was suffering from Parkinson's disease. So... You know, probably not in the best physical condition to be made to do submerged stuff. Sure. And according to reports, he'd also traveled 300 miles for the ceremony and had recently become estranged from his family as a direct result of his association with life-changing ministries. Wow. So, you know, again, nobody can say they don't actually change people's lives here. Sure.
3: Pastors looking at the family again. Don't worry, the shaking underwater is totally normal. Don't be ableist about it. This (laughs) This is all part of God's plan.
2: And and the thing is, for most people, being implicated in an accidental death might be enough to give you pause for thought and quiet reflection and, you know, maybe a review of who ought to be on your no-dunking list. Sure. But Reed Bartley is not most people. She's an evangelical minister with a sizable social media following. So the very day after Yap's death, she was back on Facebook Live claiming that the reason he died was that the baptism had shown him a glimpse of heaven and then he made the choice to stay there. You see, it's not manslaughter if the victim voluntarily chooses to stop breathing. Sure. I'll give her this much. You don't normally get the
1: but-they-were-into-it-though excuse when it comes to murder. No. that's She's pioneering new ground. Yeah.
2: Uh, Reed Bartley explained that after the ceremony, she was sitting in her room when God gave her a vision of heaven, at which point she saw Robert Yap dancing with Jesus in a garden.
3: Okay, so we spend lots of time pointing out the problems with religion. I did not foresee wacky drowning mix-up on
2: that list, but Mm -mm. here we are. Get it on the list, yeah. She also mentioned that she's never caused anyone's death during a baptism before, which I guess means she thinks she's due a freebie. <laughs> right. Like, you know, it, it's okay to alienate a very ill man from his family and then accidentally drown him once, but as long as you don't make a habit of it. Right.
1: Them. Yes. Your Honor, according to the FDIC, there are 72,166 banks in the country. So if you think about how many I robbed in terms of a percentage,
3: <laughs> really, Hall of Fame numbers, come on, right? <laughs> Also, dancing with Jesus sounds like a nightmare to me. That's not my heaven at all. I can't imagine <laughs> wanting to do that.
2: He's watching you do it. I was like, I don't I'm not, I don't have very good... It's not going to be good music as well, either. He's, he does oh, not I'm have... Sure. Jesus does not have good music. Absolutely not. Are you
3: leading? Yeah, I'm oh, sorry. Son of God. Son of God. Obviously, you're <laughs> no, My bad.
2: So we'll have to see what comes of this because the police are still conducting a post-mortem to establish a definitive cause of death. But if it does turn out that the baptism was the cause, I think, yeah, I... I, too, am getting a vision, and it's it's of Sherald Reed Bartley, and she's dancing in a garden of HMP Birmingham prison. Yeah, there you go. I like it. And
1: in cookie crook news tonight, the state of Pennsylvania has a law that says you're not allowed to take people's money in exchange for psychically predicting their future. And that, despite a lot of contrary opinions and left-leaning publications and social media outrage, is a good law. You shouldn't be able to accept money on false pretenses and any pretenses that you can psychically predict the future are
2: false. Well, not unless you're like really careful about what you predict for the future. Because, you know, I foresee you feeling disappointed, cheated and $30 lighter. That would be totally (laughs) accurate future predicting. (laughs) That's fair. All right. right.
1: No, asterisk. Asterisk. Fair. (laughs) But that law, which was enacted in 1861, is under new scrutiny after Hanover police chief Chad E. Martin stopped by a local hippie bullshit shop that offered tarot readings to tell the proprietor about it.
3: <laughs> He's just like, hey, wanted to pop in, remind you that your unethical thing was outlawed two years before the Emancipation Proclamation. Yep. Just so you know, yeah. for time scale,
2: America really had its priorities sorted didn't it, back then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, to be clear. Martin wasn't there with the intent to arrest anybody. The tarot readings the shop offered are clearly marked for entertainment purposes only all over the store. And that is a viable get out of jail free phrase. But he did clarify the law, which seems like a downright neighborly thing to do to me. But the store's proprietor felt otherwise, complaining about the incident on TikTok and calling the visit intimidation. And this led to a media rebuke that was at least significant enough that the police department felt the need to release an official statement on the matter
3: okay, maybe that police chief can arrest them for entertainment purposes only?
2: Is that... Are you me? That
3: would entertain the shit out
2: of me. Sure, no, sure. that's fair. Yeah. And I, I didn't click this story, but she considered the pop-by from a police officer to be intimidation. There is no way this lady isn't whiter than all three of us combined.
1: <laughs> so, and look, when I was looking into this story, I found a bunch of articles about it that decried the cops' actions as like fascist overreach, but... I'm all for that law, and I'm all for telling anybody who sells for entertainment purposes only psychic predictions that there is a bright fucking line you can't cross over. Because look, I I used to do for entertainment purposes only tarot readings, and I'll let you in on a little secret. When it becomes clear that the person getting the reading isn't there just for a goof, and they're actually taking this shit seriously, you don't just stop and give them their money back.
3: (laughs) Right. Right. Partially because that's impossible. What are you going to, like, okay, you seem entertained, but uh, I'm also sensing a few units of bemusement, I
4: think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A
3: a couple units of stupefaction. We're going to shut this down for ethical (laughs) reasons. Here's your money back. Never happened.
2: And at the very least, by law, when people are taking you seriously, the tarot reader should be made to incorporate that into the tarot reading. Like, okay, interesting. So this next card is the magician, but it's upside down, which uh, symbolizes the fact that magic isn't fucking real and you shouldn't place any <laughs> stock in what I'm saying. <laughs> right.
1: right. So look, in in my humble opinion, what makes this problematic isn't the fact that it's police overreach, it's that it's police underreach. The problem is that it is a destroyer criminatory application of the law because they wouldn't do this to like a Christian minister who calls himself a prophet and charges people for spiritual guidance, right? Hard to imagine the Hanover PD demanding a priest tell his parishioners that his sermons are for entertainment purposes only. But in our rush to condemn this very real double standard, let's not make the mistake of pretending that people who sell tarot readings aren't despicable.
3: Yeah, also pastors and priests. Yeah,
1: all of them. (laughs) And finally tonight,
3: In So it's come to this news As we're only a couple months away From the four year anniversary of COVID-19 Entering our lives And highlighting every negative facet of humanity We can't help but look back At all the things we've failed at For example, not even a global pandemic Could produce universal health care Or basic income in the United States
2: Yeah, it sucks to be American, I'm sure I actually caught COVID (laughs) last month on purpose Just to get some more of that sweet, sweet NHS
3: (laughs) (laughs) But you had that. So after four years of chaos, anguish, desperation, and disinformation, the window has been left wide open for two NFL football players to debate the merits of vaccines once and for all. And you know what? That is the perfect reflection of where we are today.
1: Yep. That's the only way this could more perfectly encapsulate America is if the loser had to eat a giant cockroach. (laughs) Right.
3: (laughs) And a big thanks to Michael for the links, scathingnews at gmail.com. So let's talk about the science and our expert panel is going to be two guys who get hit in the head professionally. They wear helmets, but, you know, I don't know if that makes it better. Aaron Rodgers of the New York Jets challenged Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs to a vaccine debate. And Rodgers referred to Kelsey as Mr. Pfizer. In retaliation for Kelsey, referencing Rogers playing for a team owned by Johnson & Johnson. Harkening back to mid-2020, when alliances and rivalries were formed based on the randomly generated brand of vaccine that you were dealt.
1: Were? What the fuck do you mean? What, look, look, when you're a jaj, you're
2: a judge for life. <laughs> <laughs> right? So the thing is... A jaj-off? <laughs> <laughs> Things I don't know much about American football. Is this a new rule that they've introduced? Like, if there's interference on the pass, is the punishment now that they've got to run a debate on public health policy? Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> if it is, I'm I'm not not interested. You know, it, it could be like chess, boxing. It could be sure, boxing. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking
3: with sports commentator Pat McAfee, Aaron Rodgers made a perfectly reasonable science argument during a football show, saying, "Quote, Mister Pfizer." said he didn't think he'd be in a vax war with me. This ain't a war, homie. Sick. This is a conversation. But if you want to have some sort of dual debate, have me on the podcast. Come on the show. Let's have a conversation.
1: Yeah. No, if you're just asking questions, how bad could you really be? Yep. No
3: problems there. And just in case you weren't already sold on this amazing showdown of legitimate science and amazing minds, Rogers added some stakes, saying, quote, let's do it like John Wick 4, okay? Oh,
1: by all goddamn means, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> let's do that. So,
3: yeah, agree with that. Continuing the quote. So we both have a second, right? So somebody to help us out. I'm going to take my man, RFK Jr. Oh, for and me. he oh, can Jesus. have, you know, Tony Fauci or some other pharmacrat sick. And we can have a conversation about this, end quote.
2: Okay, I know this isn't the point, but I do think we deserve a John Wick film starring Anthony Fauci. Yes. So maybe RFK Jr. as the bad yes! guy. That would be amazing. <laughs> ah,
1: I just want to see Aaron Rodgers trying to make it up those steps on that ankle. There's just no fucking way. This is not going to do it. i going to fucking do it. So, yeah.
3: The guy who. Spies on dolphins while they're fucking in order to heal his leg with the magic of their fuck squeaks. He's planning a public event about epidemiology that he's going to be doing. We have hit peak post truthitude. Or not. Probably yeah, something even no. dumber really soon. Nope. But maybe on the bright side, we'll finally get some evidence about the devastating effects of
1: CTE for the very first time.
3: <laughs> Fingers crossed.
1: Oh, shame! with that terrifying reminder of just how secure our jobs all are, we're going to wrap up the headlines for the night. Heath, Marsh, thanks as always. Jumaji. It's great to hear that again. And not pre-recorded, I mean. And when we come back, you'll get a little taste of Eli after all. Jumaji.
3: I'm just saying, when the show switches from presentational to narrative... It's kind of abrupt. How is this abrupt? It's like if you came back from the commercial on The Daily Show and Jon Stewart was just talking to Mo Rocca. You know what I'm saying?
0: You you guys know that they haven't been on The Daily Show for like a decade, right?
3: I do not know that, Don, and I refuse to learn. Yeah, I also
4: refuse to learn.
1: Hey, guys, are you doing a meta self-reflection on format so we can open up Bible Peace Theater? You mean the part of the show where we act out the Bible so our listeners don't have to read it? We sure are. Hey, Noah, when you think of The Daily Show, who do you think of as the host? Uh, John Stewart. So, where were we? <sighs> Thank you. Yes. The Minor Prophets. Hi-ho, hi-ho. No, uh, they're kind of minor. Anyway, first up is the book of Micah. <whistles> hey, hey, Micah, Micah. God,
4: is that you? Yep, it's me. Um, I've got some messages for you.
1: I sure. sort of have sure. you pass on? Yeah.
4: God, what is it? Usual stuff. I'm going to melt the mountains. I'm going to destroy Syria. Oh, oh, I got a new one. Uh, worst of all, if you hired a prostitute, you're going to have to pay her twice. I'm sorry? Yeah, like a second payment for this same prostitute. No, I know. No,
1: I, I get it. It's just weird you'd put that in, in the same list of like a, like with the fallen nations and melting mountains and shit. I mean there's a pretty
4: straight line from Stormy Daniels to January sixth, my friend. You gotta think about it, but it's I, there. I would I would like to
1: not think about it. Right? Anyway, uh, that's all a real bummer. I'm gonna rip off all my clothes and mourn like an owl now. Sorry, you're gonna mourn like
4: an like an owl? Yeah, you know. Owl? Yeah, bunnies hop, dogs bark, owls mourn. Nope, that's I don't think that's gonna stick, man. You know, A for effort, I guess Anyway, don't do any of that Don't do the stuff you just said I want you to just take off your clothes I want you to roll in some dirt And shave your head
1: right, but that sounds remarkably similar to What I was gonna do Yeah, but now I told you to do it So it's different So now we're gonna get some commandments about prophecy In the book about prophecy? It doesn't get any less confusing, man Okay, let's see here. Uh, First up, ooh, don't be a prophet. Oh, okay. So should we stop the book or? uh...
4: Also, also, if a drunken liar comes to you telling you to drink, that guy's a prophet. (laughs) Heath, are you a prophet? You have to tell us. It's like being a cop. Yeah,
3: you have to tell us. No. Wait, no, you're not a prophet or no, you're not going to tell us? Second one.
1: Sorry, guys, you just said don't prophecy. I'm just telling it how it is, man. Right, but you are how
4: it is. Let me finish. Look, right before I destroy Israel, it's going to be great. It is? Oh, yeah, big time.
1: Wait, hold on. Are we in the doodly-doo within the swoosh here for you to tell me about the end of days? Shh.
4: Don't overthink it, just listen.
1: Hey, welcome to the house of God. Oh,
0: thank you. Thank you so much. I gotta tell you, people have traveled from all over the world to get here.
3: (laughs) I know, I know. By the way, worship whatever God you want freely while you're here. Just do whatever
4: you want. Oh, That's a bad thing. I don't like that. Yeah, I know, I know.
0: Hey, uh, I brought this sword with me, but I feel like I don't need it now that everything is so awesome. So, uh, you want to use it as a plow or something?
4: Uh...
3: No? I don't really think that's, like, a convertible property.
0: Ah, uh, you sure? I mean, I feel like people are gonna make a really big deal out of this.
3: I mean, you could try, I guess. We don't have, like, a forge
4: for tourists to do metaphors at,
0: though. So. Ah, we'll deal with that later, that's fine.
4: Sure, sure. All right, you ready? Watch this. Oh, no,
3: God's destroying us for our wicked ways.
0: I should have just returned my sword to prime.
1: Huh? See? Well, I feel like you want to portray the end of days a little worse, right? Or else, well, one, people will be pretty sure you're the bad guy. And two, people might spend every minute of relative peace in human history prophesying the end of days as a result. Eh. I'm willing to risk it. All right, if you say so. Let's see. What was me? What was me? God's going to kill you, and that's Micah. Got it. All right. Uh, so what happens next? Next is Nahum. It's more God threats, but mostly like like dick-focused. Sorry, did you say dick-focused? Yeah, very mm-hmm.
3: dick-focused. Mm-hmm. God's going to smash you so hard your dick hurts. God's going to show the world your dick. The lady in charge. It's all that stuff.
1: Weird. Okay. Uh, what's after Nahum? Uh, Habakkuk? Sorry, Habakkuk? Yeah, Habakkuk. And weirdly, this book is actually pretty important. It is? How come I've never heard of it?
3: Because you're not a Jesus nerd.
4: Oh, that's true. I am not a Jesus nerd. Mm.
2: All right. Well, let's, we'll do the story and I'll explain. Um, excuse me, uh, Mr. Gord. Uh, Mr. Gord?
4: Hey, Habakkuk. Oh, What's yes. going on, buddy? How you doing?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm uh, well, um, so I'm looking around. And it seems like the, um,
4: the evil of defeating the righteous, um, what gives? Oh, oh, sorry, yeah, I'm mad at you, so that's why. Oh, right, right, okay, I get that. But why are you sending bad
0: people to do it? Uh, aren't you rewarding them with a little life of conquest rather than just punishing the people you want to punish?
4: Look, look, H-Money. First of all, you sound like Marsh. Second of all, you got to stop worrying about this stuff, okay? You just got to believe. <sighs> believe? Yeah, believe. When I give you sweet wisdom, like the only reason you get drunk is to see your buddy's foreskin, you just got to take that stuff on faith. Take it on sight. Uh, take it on sight, right. Um uh, All right, God, thank you, I-, I suppose. No problem, buddy. And hey, Habakkuk? Yes, Lord? I'm going to kill everyone in their families. I know, sir. It's been what the book's been about for quite some time.
1: Okay, sorry. Why, why did Jesus nerds care about that story? Okay, so a couple of reasons. One, it's one of the oldest books of the Bible that we have evidence of. There's actually a fragment of commentary about it in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Wait, 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 wait. I
3: thought the Dead Sea Scrolls were fake.
1: Uh, it, it, sort of, but... Some are really old fakes, so they're kind of useful in their own way. Right. But more importantly, Habakkuk
3: represents a philosophical shift in the Bible.
1: A what now? Okay, so, you know, Jews obviously believe in God, but he's kind of like a hurricane, right? He gets pissed off, he kills some people, he breaks some stuff, and then he pieces out. Habakkuk represents a switch philosophically from, you know, I guess we'll do our best not to piss off God, to whatever God says and does must, by definition, be good. Oh, so it's like the origins of uh, divine command theory. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what allows for biblical literalism.
3: Right. Which in turn gives us young earth creationism, flat earthers, biblical justifications for slavery.
4: Exactly. Yeah. So when people tell you that they believe the Bible is the literal word of God, they're doing it based on the philosophy on a three chapter book of the Bible that says you only want to get drunk to see your buddy's foreskin. Yep. You know, that actually tracks. Okay, so what's next? Uh, Zephaniah. Is there a story in that one? No, just more death threats. Right, but
3: God does say you might be able to hide from him in that one. So, weird out in that case, I
4: guess. Okay, okay, I don't want to do that then. Uh, what about the next book? Uh, Haggai. Nice. Okay, does that one have a story? Yeah, actually it does. Whew, okay.
3: Lou, 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 doing Haggai stuff. Haggai stuff's my favorite stuff. Lulu,
4: Lou, Lou, dude, Haggai. What the fuck? Sorry, is that you, God? Oh, yeah, it's me. Look at my temple. What did you guys do?
3: Oh, um, you sent our enemies to destroy it and kill
4: us? Mm, I don't remember that. It looks awful. Fix it up. Oh, uh, okay.
3: Are you just going to destroy it again? I said fix the temple. Okay, okay, got it. Fixing the temple. So everybody
1: starts rebuilding the temple, but God has some notes. Seriously?
4: Yes, God, did you uh, want something again? I mean, did you even see my old temple? It was super sweet. This one looks like dog shit. Right, sorry, it's just that you killed a bunch of us,
3: so resources aren't like flush right now. Oh my me,
4: I have to do everything around here. Oh my God, what was that? Oh, it was a big earthquake. I just killed a bunch of people. Now, go take their gold and silver and use it to properly decorate my temple, please and thank you. Uh, okay. Were they like bad people? I don't know, man. It doesn't say in the Bible. It just says that they had gold and silver and stuff. Just feel like you should know.
1: So the Jews take all the gold and the silver and they decorate the temple and God's pretty happy. All right, now this is what I'm talking
4: about. This looks great. Great, great,
3: Glad you're pleased.
4: Hey, hey, a guy. Yeah. Thanks for all your work and everything, man. Oh yeah, yeah. No problem. No, no, no. I want to reward you. Really? You do? I sure do. How would you like to tell the new king that I anoint him? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I can do that. Yeah, and tell him. Tell him he's my favorite because he did such a good job on my temple. All right, got it. I will pass that along. Okay, what's next? Uh, that would be the Book of Zechariah.
1: Okay, does this one have a story? I wouldn't say a story, but it, it has... It has stuff. Uh, let's read. <laughs>
4: Zechariah, what's the matter, my love?
0: Uh, it's nothing just the people of Jerusalem it's a time of peace nobody wants to listen to me about obeying god
4: hmm sounds disappointing
0: yeah, it is
4: well why don't you just get some sleep huh a new day of yelling at people about god tomorrow
0: well, i suppose so good night darling
4: good night <laughs>
0: Up. No. What's up? going on? Uh, who the blazes are you? Angel, Angel, here to show you some stuff. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, I, I figured what with the, the wheels within wheels. Yeah, wheels seen. within wheels, kind of my thing. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you ready to get metaphorical? Um, are they good metaphors? Can the average person read when this was written? Uh, No. Bingo. All right, first up, you see those four guys on horses right there? Yeah. yeah, those are God, like, watching and, and later going out of order for clarity, they will, uh, find something. What? Sorry? What do they find? Oh, yeah, they find the north. Oh, wait, sorry. They find the direction of. North Listen, it's a metaphor. Within a metaphor. Dude, this is like the least confusing one. Try to stay with it. Oh, fine, go ahead. Okay, so next up, we got four horns. Oh, like the instrument, you know? No, 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 the cup. Oh, oh, like a, like a drinking horn. Right. Yes. Those are the four nations that have oppressed Israel, but along came four blacksmiths to scatter them. Uh, and the blacksmiths are God. No, no, the blacksmiths are Persia. None of that makes any sense. So then there's this chick in a basket. Okay, I, I guess we're still going then. Yeah, so, so she's been carried by other women who have wings to Babylon. Okay, why? And and then a giant hand measures Jerusalem. I, okay, Is is that at least God measuring Jerusalem, you know, with his hand? Yeah, what else would it be? What are you talking about? Okay, well, well, at least that made some sense. And then there's a scroll that flies around Jerusalem kidnapping thieves and liars. No, oh, of course, there it is. Okay, you ready for your last metaphor thing that I'm doing? Oh, please, this is getting really repetitive. Dude, the next four books are the same story four times, literally. I know, I know, I'm trying not to think about it. It's starting.
4: Oh, boy, are my clothes dirty? I'll help. Thanks, your highness. So the
0: king is gonna do Israel's laundry? Ha! You wish. Nah, there's gonna be a new king of kings, and he's gonna wash everyone's sins away. Uh, and reclaim Jerusalem for the Jews. Uh, not technically. No, try not to think about it. Okay. All right, let's get you out of here so you can yell about God some more. Oh, okay, I can do that.
4: And that's Zechariah. All right. Well, we made it through the minor prophets in the Old Testament. I mean, I guess Jonah was really the only one with a plot. Well, but actually, I, uh, I...
1: actually, we have one left.
4: Oh, we do? Yeah, it's uh, Malachi. Oh, cool. What's What does Malachi have to say? You know
3: what? I'll just let him take it from here.
1: All right, motherfuckers, listen up. God is going to take all you to pain town post days. You fucking idiots really fucked up now. Because God's going to kill you harder than a fresh field of fuckos, you fuckos.
4: Wow. So Malachi is just like really mad, a, a mad shit. version yeah. of it.
3: Yeah, it's a short book, but he spends like a lot of it just it, screaming at people. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And God
1: is going to spread shit on your shitty fucking faces, you Fucking fucks.
4: Sorry, did he say he's gonna shit on their faces? Oh yeah, multiple times. Yeah, multiple mm-hmm. times. Okay, multiple. so this this is the end of the Old Testament. Yep, this is how that book ends. Feels like my mom. Yeah, feels feels mm-hmm. a, a little anticlimactic.
2: Oh, that's what I meant. Yeah.
4: Does um does Anna have a song? No, it, she had COVID, so she she still oh, can't sing. Sure, right right, right, right. Oof. We'll put one on the CD. Uh, wait, there's a nice. CD? Uh, no, not yet. But uh, we were thinking like, we'll put these segments together in like a little Old Testament compilation Ooh. thing at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick thing
3: though. Do people listen to CDs at this
4: I point? I think we can include a download
1: code too. Is uh, that?
3: Okay, yeah. Is that a that, thing? That works. That works. That works.
1: And gotta leave you in the dirt to die like the fucking worms that you fucking are. It's a weird
3: book. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it only gets less interesting. Jesus.
4: Yeah, him too.
1: Fucking fucks. So, with the Old Testament finally in the rearview mirror again, we're going to wrap things up for tonight, but there's still a whole nother testament to crack open on the next installment of Bible
0: Peace Theater.
1: Before we lower the curtain, I want to remind you that there are still general admission tickets available for our live show in Las Vegas on Saturday the 28th. That Saturday after next. We're going to be breaking down the QAnon propaganda piece, Sound of Freedom for awful Movies, and you will have an excuse to go to Vegas. Check the show notes for links to buy your tickets. Anyway, that's all the blast we've got for you tonight. We'll be back in ten thousand twenty two minutes with more. If you can't wait that long, be on the lookout for a brand new episode of our sister show The Skeptic debuting at seven Eastern on Monday, and even newer episode of our sister show's hot friend God Awful Movies debuting at seven Eastern on Tuesday, and an even newer episode of our Half Sister Show Citation Needed, debuting at Noon Eastern on Wednesday. Obviously, this episode would need an asterisk by its number if I neglected to thank Heath Enright for making his triumphant return this week. I want to thank Michael Marshall for making a return that was also quite triumphant now that I think about it. I want to thank Eli Bosnick, whose unexpected appearance midway through the show was pretty triumphant too, really. I want to thank the lovely and talented Lucinda Lusions for whom every return is triumphant. I want to thank Don Ford, voice of fantasy and adventure, for a return that was like, I mean, it was was like regular umphant. But it was still a return nonetheless. I also want to thank Fred for providing this week's Farnsworth quote. And yes, Lucinda and I had a lovely time at Red Rocks. Thanks for asking. Didn't make it to Dinosaur Ridge, though. It's going to have to stay on the list for next time. But most of all, of course, I want to thank this week's best bipeds. Katorso, Troy, Voodoo, Magic, Swamp, Lawyer, Lucas, Brad, G, Lauren, Zane, Brandon, Caleb, Eric, Nathan, and x Catorso, Troy, Voodoo, Lucas, and Brad, whose IQs are higher than I am on the Jaguars chances to make a playoff run this year, G, Lauren, Zane, and Brandon, who are so bright the sun got to see a ring of fire eclipse too, and Caleb, Eric, Nathan, and x who are hot enough to make Pepper X jealous. Together, these 13 lucky listeners lauded our Lord Lamentations of liturgical lunacy this week by giving us money. Not everybody has the money it takes to give some to us, but if you do, you can make a per episode donation at patreon.com slash Atheists, whereby you'll earn early access to an extended ad-free version of every episode, or you can make a one-time donation by clicking on the donate button on the right side of the homepage at ScalingAtheist.com. And if you'd like to help but not having less money at the end of it kind of way, you can also help a ton by leaving a five-star review, telling a friend about the show, and following us on social media. And speaking to social media, Tim Robertson handles that for us. Additional writing for this episode was provided by Mike Schuster and our audio engineer is Morgan Clark, who also wrote all the music that was used in this episode, which was used with permission. If you have questions, comments, or death you or find all the contact info on the contact page at ScalingAtheist.com. We want to just keep going and and hope it works or... The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2023. All rights reserved.